You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to meet questions do you want to meet me should we do a meet and greet no, oh my god not. how are we gonna do a meet and greet <laughs> virtually obviously virtually with our whole one person who'd show up <laughs> <laughs> no but i was gonna say uh, what i'm thinking to do for april is um listener suggestions which we already have yeah we have several a couple suggestions which we can well, do several, but yeah. If you have something in particular you want to cover, again, we can only do four episodes in April, tops. But if you do want to submit something for listener suggestions in April, go ahead and send those in. You can contact us on social media, any of our platforms, at Your Queer Story. You can email yourqueerstory at gmail.com. And, um, you know, like I said, we're only going to choose a few. We already have some good ideas that people have submitted in the past. And, um, but yeah, I want to say thank you to our listeners. Speaking of thanking our listeners, uh, there's a new video on our Patreon that says literally thank you, patrons. Well, thank you, patrons, because <laughs> you have uh, kept there. You've stuck yeah. by us through thick and thin. That's right. Well, uh, you know, I was just telling them a little bit about like where their money's going to, mm-hmm. some of the people that you know we've donated to and what we're doing with it. We've got a good big surprise coming up for y'all in March. Um, can't not going to leak it until it is done. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, because we're lot, always like, yeah, we, we have this not, great thing coming. We do and not want to promise this one if it doesn't go through, but it should be. Um, so yeah, yeah, but but yeah, there's a couple things out there for y'all. You can check them out. Thank you, patrons, because as we say in like every other episode, that you've just kept this thing going. You've really made the podcast doable. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So thank you, and. Um, yeah. I feel are. like, how long has it been since we recorded? It's been a... It's been a while because we were supposed to record this episode for the last week of February, mm-hmm. which, you know, you could celebrate black history anytime. Yep. Um, and of course, we don't only cover black people during February, but um, but yeah, we were supposed to meet, but then you started your new job and... Things got crazy. Yeah. Listen, I love my new job. It's been a really good thing for me mentally and like emotionally and everything but it's a lot busier than my old job (laughs) so i'm still adapting like getting used to the flow scheduling myself building things out it's a lot right now but it's gonna Mm -hmm. it'll ease as i get more adjusted and in the position and get my things going how i want them to go those first few months and especially those first 30 days are just so Mm -hmm. You're trying to absorb so much and also produce. And exactly. It's just really hard. Exactly. It's yeah. the producing because I'm like, well, I'm in this position. I can't just not be producing things, but I also have to <laughs> learn like all about the company, all about the culture. Who's this, you know, who's who? Who do I reach out to for this information? Yeah. Like there's just so much going on, but it's been really great for me. Yeah. It's a, a very uh, positive experience and a much needed change. Yeah. It's good. 
even though my bipolar depression has been kicking my ass, it's been so rough. That's the thing with mental health, I think that it really rears its head whenever we're making big changes because, mm -hmm. you know, we have that fear or whatever, you know, that doubt that creeps in and then we can spiral. Because oh yeah, absolutely. And then there's also like, you know, um, in my childhood, anytime something really good happened, there was, it was usually followed by something really, really, really bad. Yeah. So like I'm at this job, I'm so happy, I'm doing so great. I'm and but I'm constantly like, when's somebody gonna message me that I really fucked up? Like I'm like waiting for that other shoe to drop just because mm -hmm. that's how it's been for me. But yeah. I like I don't know, I kind of talked myself out of it last night because I was like, why am I so anxious? Why am I so like freaking out and like uncomfortable every day and i was like oh it's probably because i'm waiting for the other fucking shoe to drop yeah just, that's not gonna drop <laughs> that's i literally yesterday was reading an old post that i had posted on facebook from a year ago that said that exact same thing i had just started my new job i loved my new job it was like this is what you want to do like when you finally find that thing yep. that you've been wanting to do and exactly it said waiting for the other shoe to drop like what's gonna happen just i'm so i'm full of, of angst every yep. day and I'm like, why am I like so fucking, why am I freaking out? Like I'm in such a good spot right now. I'm in the best spot I've ever been in. Yeah. No, because, you know, we have more to lose. The more yep. we to lose, we more, exactly. the more we fear. But you, you know, it's like you said, you, we have to remind ourselves that I am safe. I do a lot of affirmations. And when I feel like that, that I am safe affirmations, like you can, you know, get those through the Calm app or I use Insight Timer. That's my, my personal favorite. But listening to like a five to 10 minute meditation that reaffirms that over and over because mm -hmm. we start to feel that we're not safe, that we're going to lose everything. And so it's really right. Calm. And when I start feeling that way, I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, when is my next therapy appointment? I'm scrolling through <laughs> exactly. the weeks like, okay, yeah. it's next week. I can wait. I'm texting my therapist, Sarah, excuse me, I need to talk. <laughs> can we move this up a couple days? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, she actually tried to fire me. She She's oh, like, oh, yeah. she was like, <laughs> She's like, I think we've gone over everything we could go over. And I'm like, listen, Sarah. No. No, you ain't getting rid of me. I'm coming back. I pushed it back to like three weeks to four weeks in between. But I'm like, I ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. a lifelong customer. My, my therapist <laughs> has brought it up a couple times. And is like, now are you sure you want to continue? And I'm like, absolutely. Can, I'm like, what are you talking are about? Are you fucking? <laughs> so that was okay. It's like that, you don't want to lose that security blanket. And I do think it's like, for me, a therapy now is more of a check-in. So yeah, That's what I tell her too. I'm like, yeah. you know, even if I call you and I tell you everything's great and I'm so excited, like just knowing I have that resource, like if I need you, you're there. Yeah. And I have somebody that I can share my wins with because... You know, a lot of times, if you got a lot of good stuff going in your life, sometimes people don't really care to listen. So it's nice to have somebody yeah. who listens, whether it's good or bad. And Yeah. Well, and you never know when a trigger is going to pop exactly. off. Exactly. And, and I think that's totally healthy. I think it's healthy to get to a place where you're only seeing your therapist once a month or whatever. And if you do, you know, stop therapy, like for me, it was always comforting because there were a couple of times where I stopped for a little bit and my therapist always told me. You know, once you're my client, I'll always make space for you. So if you, you know, you go a couple months and you need to reach back out, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that worked and helped a lot too. Um, I told my therapist, I was like, um, I was suicidal last month. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of need somebody just on hot <laughs> dial, like just in case something goes wrong. You know, that's you never what know. I'm like, I'm like, what, what if I have a, a spiral, like something happens? Cause that will happen. Like I'll get triggered by something mm -hmm. and then I'll have a couple weeks where I'm really rough. Thankfully it's not like it was like in the past that would be months that would put me out for a yep. long time. Now I can cope better and I can reach out. But 
I like to have my my little it's, safety net. Yes, it's just knowing that that's there if you need it. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, um, I don't know what we... <laughs> none of that has anything to do with what we're talking about People today. People like to hear about our mental health check-in. They do. I think it's... I wish that when I was really struggling with my mental health, I had somebody to listen to who talked about their mental health so openly. And that's why I'm now very open about it. Because yeah. I know that the first time I read something about somebody who was like me, I was like, everything makes sense now. Yeah. So I try to be that person for as many people as I can. It's definitely important. Mm -hmm. But on that note, trying to bring it back around, I'm trying to think if there's something else going on. What, there was something else. Oh, the Equality Act passed yes, the it House. Yes, it passed the House, which I'm not very familiar with the exact details of the law. I know it amends the Civil Rights a uh, act, but mm. I don't know exactly what all it entails. Would you like to explain that for me and the listeners? Um, I'm not going to, I actually can't go deep into detail wow. because I don't know as much. <laughs> Though I am thinking of doing a mini politisode and mm -hmm. like digging into the it. The politisodes are nice. It keep, yeah, is yeah, like keep you updates. up to date on what's going on with pol the politics. Um, um, but what I do know is that it extends, it's basically, you know, civil rights protections extended specifically to LGBTQ mm -hmm. people. And, um, and so it's great. I mean, if that passes through the Senate, which I think it will, you know, that's going to be the widest sweeping protections for LGBTQ people in America. And one of the broadest protections for queer people in the world, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's going to be really great. There's not a lot of countries that have passed or at least amending again, like we talked about before when we were talking about our 2020 year in review. What was it? Was it Switzerland? The uh, Netherlands? The Netherlands. Yeah, the Netherlands who that amended their constitution. Amending your constitution mm -hmm. is much is much deeper than um, than just um, adding a than just uh, you know passing uh, putting in a law. Um, speaking of amend. There's that documentary series, which I haven't watched yet, which we do need to watch. What documentary series? The on um, Netflix Amend is talking about some of the amendments, including, um, you know, <clears throat> and and things that we're fighting for, things that we have, like mm. the 13th Amendment, um, you know, the, the women's rights You know amendment. what's funny is I love things like that. Yeah. And David's like, that's not that's not funny and fun. I'm like, <laughs> no, but you learned so much. Well, we need to, to watch it because one of our possible guests is on that Oh, okay. Series. Well, yes, we'll need to so, definitely watch it then. Yes, we want to watch At it. At least that episode, if nothing else. We'll have, we'll have more information for you guys coming on that. <laughs> um, but what yeah. was I going to say? There was something else I wanted to talk about real quick. Oh, David and I were watching Jeopardy because we were mm -hmm. like, we've watched everything on Netflix. And I was like, fine, let me give this game show a try. Have you watched which, everything? Go ahead. Which it is fun to watch an episode at night when you're real tired because it's something you can put on to have in the background, but you don't have to pay attention to. And if, mm -hmm. you know, it's just something. But there is this episode that was like all about history. And yeah. David loves to like compete. So he's like, let's go head to head on this. Every And he's like, it's not going to be dollar amounts. It's just going to be like, sorry, I'm going to turn my... <laughs> phone down because people decided they needed to comment on my stuff um oh, you're such an important man now i know i have like eight social media accounts on my phone at any given time <laughs> um that is this my sound let's see um but anyways he's like let's go head to head on this and it just happened to be an episode about history mm. and everything that comes up i'm like that's this person that's this person that's this person and he's <laughs> he was sitting there just like shocked because he thinks he's like this trivia buff mm. even though we used to play trivia crack and i would beat him every time and he would get so mad <laughs> but i don't know part like some of these answers i don't know how i knew the answer my body just knew yeah like they would be about like what um 
person said this famous quote and I was like, that's Confucius. I don't know how I knew it was Confucius, <laughs> but it was Confucius. Like I just yeah. knew. You go, all, <laughs> this, all this history is paying it's just, off. Yeah, just random know? facts that I've learned just somewhere subconsciously. There you go. Good stuff. Um, oh, we watched that sh- that show. I care a lot. Did you see that on Netflix? Oh, I did see it. I have not watched. It's it. It's got a lesbian romance, so naturally we watched it. Um, I think someone re- re- um, reviewed it as cringeworthy, cringe, <laughs> cringingly, um, um, cringingly wonderful, or something like that. I don't know. I would use that to describe it. It's just about horrible people doing horrible things to each other. So. Oh wait. <laughs> Wait, wait, what is it called again? I care a lot. It's Isn't about, that the one about the woman who tries to pretend that she's like a... A caretaker the, for yeah, old a people? Yeah, a caretaker, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's got like a whole thing. It's... you. There's no heroes in the story. But <laughs> Everybody's just a piece of everybody shit. Everybody is, which took <laughs> me a while. That's the best because, kind of show. Well, at first I'm like, I was like, I don't like any of these people. But then once I recognized, like, you're not supposed to like any of these people. They really, they're just horrible and who cares who wins. It's then like Game I was of Thrones. Like, yeah, I was like, all right, fine, whatever, <laughs> fuck all you. <laughs> yeah. But it was good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so if you're looking for some new queer-ish TV, I mean, obviously. If you have not checked Tubi and you really want some more queerness in your life, yeah. they have like a thousand queer documentaries. Oh, there we go. They really, we watched a documentary on the Cockettes. We watched a documentary on Divine. We watched documentary on literally so many different things. They just have tons of queer uh, film. That's a great right. free resource if you really want to get some more queer story. There we go. All right. I need to do Tubi. Um, anyways. David hates it. He's always like, why are you putting on fucking Tubi? And then I find a great queer documentary <laughs> and he's like, wow, this is great. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Let's get to our person at hand. Mm. <clears throat> Here's your um, advice that if you don't want to listen to us talk, just fast forward about 15 minutes into the episode. We always forget to throw that in there. We always plug it in at the end. So then the person can be like, you motherfuckers. Now you'll know for next time. Today we conclude our Black History Month tribute. And yes, this is a little late, but that's fine. By covering one of the most well-beloved books in queer black literature. The Color Purple has held a place of reverence among modern literature for nearly 40 years. In fact, next year will mark the 40th anniversary of this iconic book that broke down barriers for both black and queer women. Its author, Alice Walker, did the same through her work and her activism. Today we'll tell the story of both Walker and her protagonist, Celie, and the effects these women made on feminism and the LGBTQ civil rights. Born on February 9th, 1944, Alice Walker was raised in Eatonton. 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 Eatonton, Georgia. (laughs) The small town has just over 6,500 residents today and has slowly grown since its establishment in 1809. But though the size is relatively small, the largely black community has seen its share of heartbreak and violence. In May of 1919, five black churches and two black lodges in Eatonton, can I just call it E, were burned to the ground uh, during the Red Summer. This was a period of white terrorism that swept across much of the South and Midwest sections of the United States. The result devastated dozens of black communities, ending in millions of dollars in property damages, with thousands injured and between 200 to 300 deaths overall. Eatonton did not um, escape the violence, and Alice grew up with reminders of 1919 all around her. And can we just talk about the fact that this is mm-hmm. not taught in yeah. public education at all? Like, I was I was about to say, if anybody has a recommendation, a recommendation on a good book about the summer of 1919 or the Red Summer, I would love to read it. I I have read other things. Um, that kind of that touch upon the Red Summer mm-hmm. or that lead up to the Red Summer. I think they even touch upon it in um, Stamped from the Beginning. 
stamped in the beginning, but there's another, there's a show I watched. Can't remember, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I feel like recently there like more people have brought it up, but like this was such a devastating summer. Anytime the terrorist is white, mm-hmm. it goes on. It's, it's those, man, those people really just acted up. And it's like, no, these were white terrorists yeah. inside of the United States of America. They were terrorists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we said, I mean, these were these were there. Were, there were dozens of towns where this happened. Hundreds of people died. Thousands of people were um, murdered. Millions of properties were just were damaged. Entire black towns were completely destroyed. I mean, yeah. thriving societies where people, you know, 50 years after the Civil War had started to rebuild these communities, gone from slaves to building thriving metropolises, and then they were wiped out by white supremacists. And Mm -hmm. that has been wiped from our history, and only recently have we discussed it. Yep. And Um, people are like, they don't need any reparations. They've they've had the same opportunities mm -hmm. as us. Motherfucker, they were starting to thrive until you fucking burned it all down. Exactly. Because you were fucking jealous. Exactly. A really good book that's not about the, the summer of 1919, but it is about the... Um, the era of reconstruction Wilmington's lie was a book I read last year that I really enjoyed I can't remember the author's name but it was a really good book Wilmington's lie and it talks about like that 20 year period after the Civil War and how instantly black communities started to build up and within just a few within a decade you know they started to be torn down mm-hmm. and and that's where we see the beginning of voter suppression but Anyways, um, but this is this is just interesting because this is a historical point. Like Alice Walker grows up in a town where just uh, you know twenty years later, she it's not even fifteen years later. You know she that she, she's born, and of course, so many in the town remember the summer mm-hmm. of nineteen nineteen. Yeah, you hear about it all the time. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At any you know party or anywhere you're hanging out with older family or friends, like that's probably just. You lived through something yeah. like that. That's just not going to go away. Yeah. As a young child, Walker experienced racism and sexism every day of her young life. When her brother accidentally shot her eye with a BB gun, the family hurried to get a loan to pay for the needed surgery. The brother pleaded with his employer for an advance, to which the man responded, Why you want to waste $250 to get your sister's eye fixed? She's just going to end up marrying a no good blank like you. Obviously, he's a yeah. expletive. Alex would remain blind in one eye until the age of 14 when the scar tissue was finally removed. At home, she witnessed the misogyny and sexism directed towards women during this time. Walker has often commented on how slavery and black oppression contributed to what she saw as the further dehumanizing of black women by some black men. She holds white people accountable for the mess they created, telling The Guardian magazine, They, whites, Act like 400 years of being dominated and enslaved by white men left no trace and that all this bad behavior started with the black people. It's so ridiculous, but it's the way that people distance themselves from their own history and their own participation in what is very bloody and depressing behavior over centuries. And people do act like that. They're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, I wasn't a slave owner and you weren't a slave. So what do you want from me? It's not my problem. It's not my parents' problem. If you could just pull yourself mm-hmm. up by your bootstrap, just like I did, even though I went to a school that like had so much more funding and um, we got this great education, I know you went to this really bad school and everything, and um, 
you know, all these nice businesses aren't going to hire you because of, I mean, let's be honest, who you are. <laughs> but if you could just really work a little bit harder, you can get here one day, too. My favorite is when they're like, if you would just clean up your communities, honestly, you guys just trash your communities. And that's why, you know, nobody wants to go there. And that's why you have a bad reputation. If you would just get your shit together, like, I think about it. I literally remember being taught that, that black people just, like, don't care about their communities. They just mm-hmm. like to live in the filth. And nobody ever explained how white cities and white towns were given more funding so that they could take care of their their roads and that they were actually funding was diverted away from poor cities and and black and brown communities to fund these white areas Mm -hmm. like nobody ever explained that and most people still don't know that they genuinely believe that black and brown communities want to live in squalor and that is such a racist belief when (laughs) you think about it who wants to live in that no Mm -hmm. one (laughs) go ahead um Though her book would draw rave reviews and praise, Walker was often criticized for her portrayal of black men in the book. Most of the black male characters are vicious rapists, cheaters, and or drunks who do nothing but hurt the woman in their lives. Some critics complained that this image bought into the harmful stereotypes of black men that had been portrayed by white media for centuries, yet Alice objected, explaining, It's a book mostly about women and what they're doing and how they're carrying on no matter what the men are doing. I think that for many men, at the time, it was a shock that you could actually write a novel with women at the center. And it is true. The book is about two. It's about one woman in particular, and then um, her um, par- her partner, lover, and her sister, and, and the other women in their lives. It is a book about black women, and the fact that they didn't focus much on black men was, you know, put as like, well, you just don't care about black men. And the fact that yes, the black men in the in the book, most of them were scummy. But it also was like, this is the reality of some people's lives right. and that doesn't paint all black men. It just means that this is what's the reality for these women. And how did they, how did they go through life and how, I mean, it is a beautiful story of, of, of the, of Celie, the protagonist, the protagonist and her life from the, mm-hmm. being a, a young teen until she's an old woman. And, um, and yeah, it, it focuses on women and people took that as, as, as an assault on black men or as an assault on men. Mm -hmm. I think it's unfair to tell somebody that you cannot tell your story through your lens. Yeah. This is my lens. This is what I fucking went through. Whether you agree with it or not, too fucking bad. I experienced this. This is what I went through. Mm -hmm. And other people are going through the same thing. And a lot of people just don't get that. Exactly. And her, Walker's point, is valid. The Color Purple was published in 1982 and was loosely based on Walker's grandmother, Rachel. As a child, Alice witnessed her grandfather's cruelty towards her grandmother. She once watched him chase her through a field with a pistol and only missed shooting her because he was too drunk. But this wasn't the purpose of Walker's book, though she certainly wanted to paint a clear picture of black women and what many experienced in the mid-20th century, especially in impoverished areas, suffocating in the tentacles of Jim Crow. Alice really wanted to portray the strength, resiliency, and beauty of black women. And The Color Purple does just this with amazing characters such as Suge Avery, Nettie, Sophia, Squeak, and of course, the main protagonist, Celie. And with that, we'll be right back. Hello Christians, we just want to remind you all that Sojourner House of Rhode Island is offering two important free national services at this time. 
Any person in the United States who identifies as a victim of domestic violence, sexual assault, and or human trafficking can take part in their free virtual support groups every Monday and Tuesday. It's a healthy and accessible way for victims to find support, especially during this time of uncertainty due to COVID-19. The other service they're offering is a free at-home HIV testing kit. In order to receive yours, you simply have to send in a request to khawkins at sojournerri.org. That's k-h-a-w-k-i-n-s at sojournerri.org and set up a brief consultation. Then a test will be shipped to your home free of charge and you can self-administer and receive results within 20 minutes. After a few days, a Sojourner House representative will contact you just to make sure you have all the resources you need. There's no payments or further stipulations required for anyone receiving this important service. So connect with Sojourner House today and send in your request for support. If you have trouble getting through, then feel free to message Paul and Evan at yourqueerstory at gmail.com or message us on any social media platform at yourqueerstory. back and like we said we're coloring we are coloring we are covering the color purple and the writer alice walker and we started talking about how alice walker was born in eaton in georgia eatonton georgia which um was one of the towns that was affected by the 1919 red summer or the red summer of 1919 in which white terrorist groups went around and they raided black sounds and black cities and blew up churches blew up churches lodges homes um, killed hundreds of people, wounded thousands, created millions of dollars in damage, mm-hmm. and so but that Black Lives Matter protest is just really out <laughs> too of hand. Violent. Um, if these people could just get their shit together, <laughs> exactly. Why do they got to be so destructive? It's not like we ever did anything. Exactly. To them. I don't know what their problem is. Um, so and so that was a, the legacy that Alice grew up in. She was mm-hmm. born 15 years after that, and and she tells a story in the color purple of black women, and that. Was what that is the purpose of this and so we had just um just talked about you know some of the women that she talked about in those but in the book you know sugar avery nettie sophia um it's a beautiful book if you haven't read it i was i hadn't read it actually before i wrote this and i might i might pick it up i, you I need, it's, it's pretty easy to read i read a lot of like self-help things and mm-hmm. like um things to better but i don't read many stories and i yeah. feel like i would like to incorporate more stories into my my repertoire <laughs> yeah it's it's an easy book to read it's written as a diary so it's written as mostly Seely's diary mm-hmm. and then there's some letters in there too um so it's written from that perspective and there i wasn't expecting it to be as graphic as it was which was fine um but like it i i, <laughs> I did not know much about it i knew that there was some kind of a queer romance but i didn't realize that it was such so central to the story hmm. and i didn't realize how detailed the the romance was but definitely suggest it <laughs> just wouldn't suggest so it for anyone part under erotica 16 part. yeah it's there's a little i wouldn't say erotica but there's there are some erotic mm. parts and i would say you know probably at least 16 you should be to read it speaking of erotica why don't we sell erotica why don't we sell erotica? I don't Not know. us. My, oh, my, yours? New, my oh. new position. Hmm. I'm surprised. I would right? assume you did. Um, anyways, okay. So Walker wrote the book during a time of growth in her own life. After graduating as valedictorian from the only black high school in Eatonton, Alice went off to Spelman College and later Sarah Lawrence College. 
She was heavily influenced by her professor and proud socialist, Howard Zinn, who is the person who wrote A People's History of the United States. And that sparked the whole, that's where that's that- That's socialist. They really, I have a new character. <laughs> the worst. They just really want everybody to have healthcare. Like that's, can you believe that? It's destroying America. Can't they just pay for their own healthcare like everybody else? I mean, I only pay like, like $200 a week out of my check, but there's nothing wrong with that. That's just like how it is in America. God. It's the American dream, honestly. It's the American <laughs> dream. To be able to have health insurance that you can't use because the deductible is so high. Oh my it. God. In between jobs, I didn't have health insurance for of a few course, days. Yeah. But um, David's company luckily lets you get on if you're, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, we don't. if you're engaged, you can get on. Um, so that was a lifesaver because I did not have my medicine for a few days. And I was like, I don't, I don't get health insurance for three months. So yeah. what, where's my mental health about to go? Cause <laughs> I don't oh. have my pills and I need my pills. That was me with my <laughs> testosterone whenever I quit. Like, mm-hmm. I, again, thankfully I was married to Samantha. Right. I am married to Samantha. So um, still, I can get on by her. By some grace so, of God. <laughs> she's still around. <laughs> she hasn't left yet. But, but like, yeah, I mean my, but it was such a change because on my insurance, because I had such shit insurance through CVS, CVS Health, which gives CVS shit health. health insurance to their I drag them every opportunity employees. I get. I know, fuck them. You're going to call yourself a health place, and then I was a store manager. Like, I, I was You were basically as high as you could get without a, going into corporate. Yeah, without going into the corporate world. And I had such shit health insurance. I, because- same position. <laughs> it, I paid everything out of pocket until I spent $3,000. Yeah, exactly. Anything I needed. So if my prescription was $900, which it is, yep. guess what? Oh, yeah. My, my testosterone my cost me $65 every month. I had to pay $65 because my deductible was so high that I might as well not have insurance. And if exactly. I, and if I got the point? better, if I got the like better, higher one, then I, you know, it well, would, you only got to pay a thousand dollars out of pocket, <laughs> but you're going to be paying like five times as much. Exactly. Per week. It's a great offer. Yeah. Well, it's great. And then I went to Samantha's insurance and I paid $5 for my yep. prescription and my, my insurance. Now I pay $3 for my, yeah, prescription. my, my medicine now is one of them's $15 a month and the other is $10 for like three months. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, it, it it's a life changer and it's really ridiculous that large employers like retailers are taking advantage of their employees mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, but it's really galling that they want to call themselves the health industry. That's a, a CVS Listen, Health is you a, have, the whole thing where they're acting like they're a health hub. I know. You've they acquired an entire insurance company uh-huh. and they didn't extend that to their employees. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You have all of these employees, you own a health uh, insurance company mm-hmm. and you're not like hey we're gonna give you like at cost insurance because you're our employee and we value you no they don't pay their employees a livable wage including most of their shift supervisors people that have keys to their buildings they don't pay them a livable wage they run their people into the ground they're they are a f- just a fucking shit place but all of that came <laughs> all of that came from talking about how Alice Walker's was influenced by her professor Howard Zinn, who wrote *A People's History of the United States*, which sparked that whole like mm-hmm. the queer history of the United States as part of that Zinn. Yep. Even though Howard Zinn didn't write that, it's part of that. He like sparked this whole thing. Walker was 20 years old when the Civil Rights Act was passed and found herself during the height of the 1960s civil rights movement. She marched on Washington with Martin Luther King Jr. and helped to register Black voters in the South. But she struggled deeply with past trauma and the prejudices of society. Her depression was compounded by a pregnancy and subsequent abortion during her senior year of college. Her final year at Sarah Lawrence and a short stint in East Africa were filled with doubt and suicidal thoughts. This time period would later be chronicled in Walker's book on poetry titled Once. Mm -hmm. 
sounds like she struggled with like imposter syndrome too. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah. I, I, that's something that I really struggle with. Cause I, I told David the other day, I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like where I'm from, like what I went through, everything, like I'm supposed mm. to like not be where I'm at. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I get it. I feel that way all the time. It's why when people give me praise at work and they're like, you're doing such a great job. Doesn't it like, I just, I'm like, like, no, I'm not. They're going to figure it uh, out. Exactly. <laughs> I swear. To, they're like, they're like, oh my God, you're so great. And I'm like, no, I'm really not great though. You're just going to see through the cracks soon. It's going to come. I know it's coming. It's so fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But after graduating, Walker soon joined the NAACP in Jackson, Mississippi and began work on the legal defense fund while also continuing uh, while also consulting local education departments on black history. Just before moving back to the Deep South, Alice had met and fallen in love with a Jewish civil rights lawyer, Melvin Le Leventhal. Got yeah, it. Melvin Leventhal. The two married and moved to Mississippi. You spelled Mississippi wrong. Oh, Jesus. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P. Oh, I don't know where the I don't know where the E came from. That's not me. Don't lie. Together, <laughs> making them the first interracial couple in the state. The US Supreme Court had legalized interracial marriage. Just want to pause and think like a black woman and a Jew moved to the deep south as the first interracial couple in that in that particular state um, mm -hmm. in Mississippi. That's it's gutsy as fuck. Go oh, ahead. yes, absolutely. That mm -mm. even you know, and it's not as dangerous for david and i but sometimes we are like we're we are a gay couple i mean we're interracial he's very white passing he looks totally like a white yeah. boy but he is puerto rican but it's still like i don't know when we first bought our house i was like are we gonna be safe here like is is somebody gonna like have an issue with us just that so i can only imagine like being in her shoes at that time like that fear must have been very real yeah well you talked to before about yes david is very white passing but all, like his last name mm -hmm. like how you know people automatically would know that he has hispanic roots and mm -hmm. so i'm like, sure that's fucked him over in life yeah i mean he's doing fine now but i'm sure in the past unbeknownst to him mm -hmm. it's had huge effects on his life yeah. unfortunately probably yeah i'm sure he hasn't gotten calls back and things like that i remember when i worked at cvs actually one of the managers when i first started um what we were trying to hire somebody and she picked up the thing and she was like oh she's from puerto rico do you think she even speaks spanish we're not even gonna call her and i was like i didn't know what to say and i'm mm -hmm. kind of ashamed that i didn't do anything yeah. in that moment but i had just started then i had like I, like I didn't know what to do i froze because i was like my fiance's family is from Fort puerto rico fuck you like yeah and just yeah cvs is that bad people just so you know <laughs> corporate retail is that bad go ahead um where am i at um, um the two married oh, oh wait, i'll start the at the US. u.s yeah just gonna pick back up at the um the u.s supreme court had legalized interracial marriage in 1967 which is the same year alice and melvin moved back south it would be another three years before the state of mississippi would hand out its first mixed marriage license the deep fear and hatred towards interracial couples caused even more discrimination and harassment to be directed towards alice including death threats made by the kkk which fuck those people right that's an understatement <laughs> i i cannot wrap my head around how you are so proud of being born with a specific skin color that you're going to be constantly harassing people who don't look like you or don't think like you. Like, I just don't yeah. get it. What are you getting from that? 
Well, I mean, the belief that your skin makes you a superior race. I mean, Why don't you just fucking actually do something to better yourself and then that way you can feel actually proud of yourself instead of saying, yeah. well, I was born with white skin. I don't know about you. I should just, I'm just, I'm just automatically well, supreme. But that goes, I mean, it is, it is very steeped in Christian, in Christianity. And, and other, there's other similar things that are steeped in other religions, but that, that idea of a white superior race is steeped in Christianity. It can be traced back to the Crusades. It can be traced back to this idea that we're white and we're Christian, and so we should dominate the brown Muslims, and we should dominate the black, you know, Africans, whatever, um, you know, mm-hmm. their, their tribal religions or whatever. Um, like we should we should be able to dominate the um, the the Hindu Indians, meaning actually those right. in India. Um, so there, it goes back to that idea that white Christendom should conquer the world, and that's just transferred into what we see today with neo Nazis, is the idea that I'm white and I'm Christian, and therefore God has ordained me to be superior to you. You cannot look at it and and separate Christianity from it. Right. One person's Christianity. Christianity may be, look different than this one, but that is where it's rooted at. Yep. But despite the hardships, Alice and Melvin built a life in Mississippi. In 1969, they welcomed daughter Rebecca, and the following year, Walker released her first novel, The Third Life of Grange Copeland. The book had mild success, but Alice was beginning to make her way as a writer. In 1973, she became editor of Miss Magazine, the first national American feminist magazine of the second wave feminist movement. I believe it was founded by uh, Gloria Steinem, I'm pretty sure. Walker's work at the magazine helped to revive interest in black feminine literature. She released her second novel, Meridian, in 1976 and divorced her husband that same year. During this time of change and new freedom, Alice Walker began her more prominent work. Though all her wi- though all her writing had focused on black life in America, she began to hone her focus on black women. And then, in 1982, she added a third identity to her writing by introducing a black woman who loved another woman. She was like, we're going to really fuck it up now, people. <laughs> She's like, oh, you didn't like my writing before? Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? I've been writing for a feminist magazine. It's about to go down. <laughs> the Color Purple is the diary and correspondence of a poor black woman whose life is forged in tragedy. Celie is passed around from one man to another and treated like property. Even in her own home, she is no more than the help and is never seen for her true worth. You know who this is reminding me of? Um, Solanus. Solanus? Who shot Andy Warhol? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. As a young girl, she noticed she had crushes on other women, but resigns herself to her fate. Until one day, a charismatic, fearless woman named Shug Avery. Shug. Shug. Like sugar. Well, Shug Avery steps into Celie's life. The novel is simple, yet profound and emotionally stirred, stirring, filled with passion and pain. It poses spirituality in a very human way. The most notorious section of the book relates a conversation between Shug and Celie. Listen, God loves everything you love and a mess of stuff you don't. But more than anything, God loves admiration. You say... Oh. The book is written in this uh, yeah. style. You saying time. God vain, I asked? Nah, she say, not vain, just wanting to share a good thing. I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. It's a it's a book. So it's written in that style the whole time because it's written you right. know, by a, a poor black woman <clears throat> living in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, but it... Um, this this That particular passage is very famous because it's where the color purple comes right. from. But it, it's a very spiritual book 
but not religious. Right. You know, like this woman who's faced a lot of pain. She's felt rejected by God. Why about, did God let this right. happen to it's me? It's all about being your own source of hope and like seeing God in a different light than what mm. actual controlled religion wants to teach it. Exactly. Exactly. Everything about Celie's life contradicts what white Christianity right. teaches. But yet she finds God mm-hmm. in her. She finds God in nature. She finds God right. in other parts it's of her life. It's almost like Buddhism or something similar. Yeah, she finds a very spiritual connection and it doesn't look like what others think right. should be. But it is, you know. And, she, and that's the beauty about being human. Whatever you do doesn't have to be whatever somebody else does. And exactly. if somebody is making you do something that you don't want to do, just don't fucking do it. And you can change your life. Just remember that. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that, that the color purple, I think, is important too, especially for a person who might struggle with this. Like, you know, we're both atheists. So for us, finding, like, I do feel like a spiritual person, but I don't feel any kind of connection to a creator or, right. or a God. But there are a lot of people that do seek that. And I think the color purple is important because it helps people to maybe find a different way of looking mm-hmm. at God. Like Celie is rejected because she's considered ugly. She's considered plain yep. um, because she loves another woman and she doesn't want no man, mm-hmm. you know, to use her words. And, um, and, and but even in all that, she still finds she's able to find through her love with Suge worth and value Mm -hmm. and she sees herself as beautiful and she sees herself as wanted by her creator so i think it's important you know if you do find yourself as a a religious person or a spiritual person but you've struggled because your form of of faith has rejected you maybe you would find some comfort in this book that that's just my suggestion i think that'd be a great read yeah i'm just gonna go through real quick go ahead yeah and these kind of books are so important because the world tells you you're supposed to look and present a certain way. You're supposed mm-hmm. to sound a certain way. Your hair's supposed to be styled a certain way. Um, if you're, um, if you identify as a woman, you're supposed to have the certain body shape. You're supposed to either be blonde or brunette, and you can maybe be a redhead if you can pull it off. It's either supposed to be long or a really sexy pixie cut, right? There's like all of these things that the media tells you, like this is what perfection looks like, and you should always strive to achieve this. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to be like to kind of fight that and say yeah I don't look like that but I don't care because I don't want to look like that you know yeah. it really took me a long time and, and I'm sure I mean I have the advantage of being a white man I'm not going to deny that right like yeah. I already have the default like this is what society expects of you but I think literatures and, and movies and things that really fight that and encourage people like say fuck that you can be who you want to be as a human mm-hmm. You don't have to buy into this white Christian lifestyle and you don't have to be bound by these rules. You, it's your life. Do whatever the fuck you want with it. And yeah, that's just saying to say like it, I'm, I, these types of works really reinforce that. And I think that's so powerful. And I wish I had something like this in my life when I was in high school or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To really say, oh, these people don't care. You know, yeah. why can't I just do what I want to do, too? Yeah. And it, and like I said, it deconstructs those. I just, I mean, you know, again, Celia is seen as beautiful by Suge and, and mm-hmm. um, Suge is seen beautiful as everyone. Like Suge is very, a very desirable woman. And Celia is always the opposite. She's the woman that nobody wants, but it just shows that like, it shows that we can find beauty, like anyone, we can be found we can be wanted. We can be found beautiful that just because we, like you said, we don't meet a standard. That doesn't mean that we are less than, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we won't find love. 
And it doesn't mean that we aren't beautiful. It just, you know, mm -hmm. society standards are just standards set by a group of people. That yep. doesn't mean anything. It's not truth. Right. It's just a standard. It's not truth. Um, the book is also quite graphic, and the boldness of the writer has caused it to be listed 17th on the American Library Association's most banned books. <laughs> I want all of the banned books. Oh, if your I book is, makes it to the list of banned <laughs> books, I want it. I'm going to bet the Marquis de Sade's books are like one or two on that Probably. list. <laughs> Though we can admit that it is not suitable for children, it is certain that homophobia and racism also contributed to many of the bands. I mean, you're talking about two black women in love. Uh, you're going to yeah. tell me that that didn't play any part of it? Right. Absolutely not. Uh, the critics and white moralists were no match for the power of the color purple. Alice Walker went on to win the Pulitzer Prize for her work, making her the first black woman awarded the prize. She also won the National Book Award, and her book has been listed on BBC's 100 Most Influential Novels. That's incredible. The Color Purple was turned into a widely successful film in 1985, directed by Steven Spielberg, um, and eventually became a hit Broadway musical and an award-winning BBC radio series. But most importantly, Walker's masterpiece shed, masterpiece shed a light on black woman and black queer woman. It celebrated two women in love and showed their romance in all its raw, complicated, and beautiful moments. With an entire world against them, Celie and Suge made a life uniquely tailored for themselves. The brazen disregard for social standards around sex and queer love further propelled the book's popularity and influence on mainstream culture. And it couldn't have came at a better time, honestly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, it came... Right. What year was it released? 1982. Yeah. So it came, you know, Stonewall had happened. They had mm -hmm. had some time to really build the movement and kind yeah. of establish a base of like, fuck this. We're not going back in the closet. Boom. Color mm -hmm. Purple comes out like it just keeps the machine going, you know? Yeah. I also think it's important because at this time you start to see um, a lot more black voices starting to speak out mm -hmm. because as we've talked about and one day I swear to God we're going to talk about queer liberation versus the gay rights movement. Yep. I just read a great book. That talked about the gay rights aspect, actually, um, but it, it we we saw a, it became a very white centered yep. movement, the gay rights movement. Everybody and, shut up unless you look like, unless you look. <sighs> everybody shut up and sit down unless you look like the good white Christian households. So that mm -hmm. way we can get well, a little bit of the pie. You will get back to you, but we need our cut first. And yeah. that's very much what it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's literally how it was taught. Frank, I can never say his last name right. Frank Kamini. He's the man who first, um, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about him later on. He's the man who, not in this episode, later on. Um, he's the man who first launched a lawsuit against the United States Supreme Court for discrimination against gay people in the workplace. That This was right on the, the heels of the Lavender Scare. So, but he literally would tell people when you come to a protest, you have to wear a shirt and tie. You had to dress up. Mm -hmm. You had to look like white middle-class people and you had to project that, that white Christian, we're not a threat to your white Christian lifestyle. And with the, with the gay rights movement really taking off, people started to push back on some of those restraints, but they were still very much trying to appeal to white middle-class Americans. Right. And as black people started to speak up and say, hey, you know, we're part of this fucking movement, too. The color purple really shed a light on that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, black people are queer, too. Brown people are queer, too. Like, white, it's not all about white people, and we're not trying to conform. Just like we're not trying to conform in our mainstream civil rights movement. We're tra not trying to conform in our queer liberation mm -hmm. movement. Right. 
For her part, Walker would continue to write several more books and advocate for women's rights and black rights. She is an open bisexual and claims to have had an affair with Tracy Chapman in the 90s. Wow. <laughs> she says of sex and love, sexual love can be extraordinarily holy, whoever might be engaging in it. Love, however it may be expressed, is to be honored and welcomed into the light of our common survival as a consciously human race. Alice has also claimed the book's protagonist, Celie, was based on her grandmother, a lesbian who lived in a time when there were few options for her to find wow. true love. <laughs> this is like, wow. <laughs> Paul's just getting his mind blown. <laughs> <on that thing. laughs> Anyways, a few years ago, a British actress was fired for her role of playing Celie due to anti-gay remarks. Walker commented on the controversy. Playing the role of Celie while not believing in her right to be loved or to express her love in any way she chooses would be a portrayal of women's rights to be free. Why the fuck would this this person even... Right, it's uh, a, You're like, I... Gay <laughs> people are not my thing, but, like, I guess I can play one if it's gonna pay me. Like, right? Like, what are you fucking talking about? It's so central to Celie's life. It, this mm -hmm. is who she finds love in. This is how she finds so much of her life. Right. You know, it, it blows my fucking mind. Walker has long championed the LGBTQ plus community and supports trans and supported transgender officer Chelsea Manning during her hearing. So she was just during yeah. that time. Uh, Walker was an open um, supporter of Manning. Mm -hmm. But Alice has not been without controversy in recent years. She has become um, infatuated with writer David Icke. David Icke, I think. David Icke. Icke. A conspiracy. No, you know, it's Icke. I thought so. <laughs> but, but. Alice has not been without controversy. In recent years, she became infatuated with writer David Icke, a conspiracy theorist and known anti-Semite. Um, despite having been called out for her own anti-Semitic remarks and beliefs, Alice continues to adamantly insist she does not hate Jewish people. Still, her political stances must bear weight as her own Jewish daughter has placed distance between herself and her mother. It's a, it's a very odd thing, you know. Um, I don't know. You know how like people get older and all of a sudden they fall down the strap. They get hole? conservative. We're gonna be like Fox <laughs> News people. When we're I don't older, fucking apparently. know what's happening. But if you've never read David Icke's the guy that believes that like there's reptilians are taking over the world. Oh my god! Like really? That, like a real bizarre fucking conspiracy theories that are very anti-Semitic. And you know, you were married to a Jewish man. Your daughter is Jewish. Right. Well, Why I don't, don't you know. have a little more like <laughs> thought behind that? I don't know, but anyways. Um, though Rebecca has attributed this more to her mother's failed parenting, the distancing between her and her mother, mm -hmm. um, and Walker's pub public resignation from being Rebecca's mother. Okay, that's, I was that's that supposed to go. It's like her, her political stances must bear weight as her own Jewish daughter has placed distance between herself and her mother, though Rebecca has attributed this more to her mother's failed parenting and Walker's public resignation from being Rebecca's mother. So Alice wrote her daughter a, a letter that resigned from being her mother. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure you're just automatically always someone's you just are biologically whether you talk or not that's one thing it's but better like, to do it, like my parents where you just pretend like are you in europe again you yeah, still you like, still you're, in europe still you're in on europe. that european tour you're like a pop star now you're like no that, exactly good, oh yeah good christian yeah, pop star over yeah, here yeah, that's me <laughs> this, the lie that my parents told uh, the people i was in europe yeah <laughs> you were just actually living, living five with, minutes away <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um um, like so many are in our movement and others, Alice Walker is not a perfect person. Nobody's a perfect person. Yeah. And actually, David and I have uh, been talking about this recently. We're like, mm -hmm. we're watching everybody get burnt down. 
like constantly, right? Yeah. And I'm like, true, they should apologize and understand things that they've done 20 years ago and they mm-hmm. should make amendments for that. Yeah. But you can't cancel somebody who's working to actively do good today for a mistake they made a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, you can if it's <laughs> worth it, but like you you have to understand like like we said like 20 years from now 40 years from now if people listen to us maybe the thing words we're using today are offensive but you have to there has to be some understanding because we're all human and all humans make mistakes and i'm not saying that you should forgive somebody who's blatantly disrespecting you on a constant basis but if somebody made a mistake they need to learn from it grow from it and address it yeah and make it better but Oops. But everybody's human and everybody has a reason to be burnt down, even if you think you're perfect. You've done something in your past that yeah. you regret now. Everybody has. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think it's a lot about how you address it when mm-hmm. it comes up. And I also think that this hype around cancel, cancel culture, like, yes, cancel culture is a bitch in how it will, like, upend your life in a second. But what they're finding a lot of these there's not a lot of last scene effects to cancel culture like there's not these people that are canceled they're canceled for a few weeks a few months and then they're right back mm-hmm. and they're doing i mean brian fucking williams lied for years about that he was on a chopper that went down and like he was canceled and now he's right back reporting as always right like we see that all the time with people that are canceled. You're getting held accountable and it's not fun and it's uncomfortable and all of us have things. We have things. Me and you have things. Everybody has things where they can be held accountable. What are you doing since then? And I do think that if you're do if you're showing that you're actively, like you said, making amends and trying to proactively do good, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to burn a little bit, but you're going to be okay. Own it. Grow from it. But Make, if you, become a better person. Exactly. But if you continue to be a horrible person. Fuck I don't, you. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have any, you know, I don't, I don't have any sympathy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seriously, most of those people end up getting right back up themselves too. Right. So whatever. So to pick back up, <laughs> as we were saying, um, though she wasn't a perfect person, her work cannot be discounted. The empowerment and voice she has uh, given to countless black women, queer women, and LGBTQ plus people in general should not be overlooked. The color purple is still an important and lasting influence that should be valued for its mark on queer and black literature. Exactly. And that's one of the bigger things. Like, do we separate the writer from their work? Like, can we still appreciate their work? Can we still appreciate the impact it have? Even if we look at that person now and we don't like who they've become, we don't like where they've developed. I think we can. I think J.K. Rowling is a great example of that. You can still love Harry Potter and, you know, hate- just get a used book. Exactly. Yeah. Don't buy try, a new. <laughs> try not to try not to contribute anymore to her um, her finances. But you can still love Harry Potter and whatever impact that had on you as a child and despise where J.K. Rowling has ended up. Um, and you can also choose to reject all of that as well. You can choose to look at that and say, no, looking at this reminds me of the person that you became and I don't want to do that. And that's okay too. Right. So we end with this quote from the main character, Celie. I am an expression of the divine, just like a peach is, just like a fish is. I have a right to be this way. I can't apologize for that, nor can I change it, nor do I want to. We will never have to be other than who we are in order to be successful. We realize that we are as ourselves unlimited and our experiences valid. It is for the rest of the world to recognize this if they choose. That might be one of the best quotes I ever heard. That's right? going as my like <laughs> on Facebook. It's like favorite quotes. That's going as my favorite right? quote. <laughs> like that is, it's just such a beautiful, succinct description of every person, but especially like queer people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this isn't on me. If you've got a problem, that's on you. I am divine. 
just as I am. Yep. So your recommended resource is, of course, The Color Purple by Alice Walker. The 1985 movie is available for rent on YouTube or Amazon. And there's the 2015 Broadway musical soundtrack on Spotify with vocals from Cynthia Erivo, Jennifer Hudson, and Danielle Brooks. There are also multiple interviews and talks by Walker available for free on YouTube. So plenty of stuff for you all to check out. Do one of the, if you're listening on Spotify right now, hop over to that musical soundtrack. Pick and who doesn't like to jam out to a queer musical every now and then? Oh, like, come yeah. on, who doesn't? It's, if you don't, you should try it. It's Jennifer Hudson, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta you gotta listen just for her vocals. Yep. So, with that, stay queer. <laughs> don't get a lobotomy. We love you, our little allied hookers. And a little succulent sapphist. Resist the oppressors, our proud homocrats. And have yourself a sodomy circus. Or don't. And Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.